On this episode of the B-Side, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. Hey everybody, welcome to the B-Side. I am Vince and I'm joined by Pastor Matt uh, this morning and we are, are talking about the Holy Spirit, which I think is one of those things we just talked about spiritual warfare at a coffee and conversation and i think some of our our normal church people were surprised by some questions that people had and i think this is a an area where the church and its its people have always struggled um with this yeah and and actually i'm glad to know that you know you were we were talking about that a little bit before we started recording about how that's a, a common maybe uh historical uh struggle that people have had uh, because I always, personally, I want to chalk the struggle up with spiritual warfare and, and struggles in understanding and responding to the Holy Spirit. Uh, I want to I chalk that up to the Enlightenment age and to mm-hmm. the modern era where, where we start to say, look, it, it's got to make common sense, and I've got to be able to see it and touch it and taste it for it to be real. Yeah. And so, you know, in my mind, that was always the beginning of when people started to struggle with the Holy Spirit. But mm-hmm. as, we, you know, as we were talking about this and you're pointing out, now this is historically the Holy Spirit has been misunderstood. Uh, it's it's yeah. just kind of some new information for me. Yeah, and I, I think uh, almost naturally that, you know, the spiritual side of, of faith is such a, an area where your imagination can just run wild. Um, I think of, you know, shows like Supernatural in, in our current context where it Do you is, know, I've never seen a single, what is that, like 16 years or something yeah, ridiculous that's yeah. been on? I have never seen a single episode. But I mean, it's got demons and it's got all those things. And yeah. it's a place where... Um, we can just let, if we're not careful, our imaginations run wild and run away from Scripture. Yeah, and I think um, if we, we got to be careful because what's happened in uh, the West, in the United States, I mean, here's the thing, I say in the West, and I, I've never been really anywhere else in the West except for the United States. Mm-hmm. I was in Canada for like a day and a half. Counts. Um, okay, good. So then I've been in the West... <laughs> And Canada, yes. uh, no, but but here here in America at least, what what happens is we tend to be, and we're we're kind of growing a culture in this postmodern age. We're growing a culture that is spiritual, mm-hmm. but that spirituality isn't rooted in anything that is foundational. It's rooted yeah. in pop culture. It's rooted in myths and legends. It's rooted in, in maybe a little bit of the Bible and, and a mm-hmm. lot of what other people have said that I heard. And so we, we are growing a, a nation that is very spiritual, yeah. but that is very not Christian. Yeah. And so I guess some of the, the, the just historical struggle, struggle that the church has had with this and we see this in things like the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and then the Athanasian Creed. Uh, in the Apostles' Creed, I, I think there was a lot assumed. And they just say, you know, we believe in the Holy Spirit. And that, that was it. There was no further explanation. And, and people that grew up memorizing that, they, they know that, you know, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then at the end, it says, we believe. 
and there's no explanation. Right, whereas when you talk about God, it's like, hey, you know, we believe in, in God the Father, mm-hmm. almighty maker of heaven and earth, yeah. and we believe in Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. And, and mm-hmm. so there's detail there, Yeah. but with the Holy Spirit, it's just a matter of, hey, believe in this Holy Spirit, and that's the end of yeah. it. Yeah, and then you see later on, I think it's about 50 years later, you get the Nicene Creed, which adds the, the Holy Spirit aspect of it, and there's actually uh, two different Nicene Creeds, if people don't know that. Um, we usually uh, know the more finished one from Constantinople, but um, and it adds, and in the we believe in the Holy Spirit, uh, the Lord and Giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the pro- who were spoke by the prophets. Um, so we get more of an explanation there, but the church still struggled, um, and you look at, at different heresies that come up at that time. And then you come to the Athanasian Creed, which is hyper-specific, not only about the Holy Spirit, but about the Trinity. Um, and I'm not going to read it because it's a whole page. Like, I have a whole page in front of me for people that are, are listening to this. All about the Trinity and about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is and who the Father is and who the Son is. And so that's just to give people some context of, you know, if you are struggling with this uh, Holy Spirit and figuring out, all right, what what is it? Where where is it? Where is it in Scripture? This is something that the church, uh, at least early on, has struggled with, and its people have struggled with for centuries. Yeah, and I think you know what? There's an interesting fact there about creeds that maybe people don't know. Mm-hmm. That our great creeds of faith, the Apostles' Creed, the the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, these great creeds existed because heresy was starting to spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everybody has different ideas. And so, like, like heretical thinking isn't a new thing. Like, people starting to make up their own brand of Christianity mm-hmm. that happens today, that's not new. That's always been the case. And what would happen is people would start to teach wrong things with this great sense of authority. Yeah. And people would be like, oh, hey, he knew something I didn't know. And so now that must be what's true. And so Mm -hmm. what would happen is you would have false teaching start to spread. So church leaders would gather um, at Mm -hmm. a a summit, if you will, and they would declare and they would write and they would come to a creed that would say, hey, this is the view of the church. Yep. This is the basic teaching of the church. And so it would give you a statement then Mm -hmm. to check new teaching against, Mm -hmm. and if the new teaching contradicted the statement, then I would say, okay, well, that is heresy, it's false, because I know the statement is true. And and they put them in creeds specifically so that they would be easy to remember. Yeah, so here's a a fun challenge for people listening. Uh, Memorize the Apostles' Creed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just a simple thing. If you could memorize the Apostles' Creed, um, then you have this basic foundational statement about Mm -hmm. biblical um, theological truth of the God of the universe. Mm -hmm. That's just this great. And if you are somebody who doesn't memorize statements well, Mm -hmm. but you like music, you could always go listen to Rich Mullins. Um, has the song Creed, uh, which basically is a song version of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the Apostles' Creed. So that's always a lot of fun, too. Uh, Side note, when I was applying for church jobs, churches always put this in. What's your statement of faith? Yeah. And I, every time, wanted to be that, like, snarky, just out of seminary kid and just put the Apostles' Creed. 
and just put that in there and be like, here's my statement of faith. <laughs> you know, that's pro- not exactly what they were asking. <laughs> yeah, and the problem with that as a statement of faith is it's incomplete. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, because each, each creed really was meant to deal with specific heresies. And so a statement of faith doesn't really tell, the, the uh, Apostles' Creed doesn't really tell us much about salvation. Yeah. For example. So I could say, this is my statement of faith, but I don't believe in hell. And you yeah. say, well, that's great that you agree with the Apostles' Creed, mm-hmm. but it's incomplete in terms of a complete statement of faith. So these were specifically meant to battle heresies, which is why it's interesting that by the time we get to the, the Athanasian Creed, that it's hyper-specific yeah. on the Trinity, which tells us that leading up to that, there was all kinds of heresy about the Trinity mm-hmm. that was starting to run rampant. So this council met at a summit to, to develop this statement on the Trinity to say, this is what we should be believing because mm-hmm. this is the biblical truth. Yeah. Don't let false teaching creep in. And, and in a way, that's what we're trying to do is yeah. say, hey, when it comes to the Holy Spirit and spiritual things, we want you to be careful so that you can believe and know things that are true. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the Holy Spirit is, is not something, um, it, well, first of all, it's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not someone that we can know everything there is to know about yeah. and that we can speak so definitively about because the Holy Spirit is God himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to be careful about saying, oh, well, we can know God completely. Of course we can't know God completely. Yeah. And if you could, I mean, a, a God that I could fully wrap my arms around or my brain around isn't a God that I think is worth worshiping. Right, right, because my brain is not very big. <laughs> yeah. um, and so if I can wrap myself around, you know, that's a newsboy song, right? Mm. Uh, I'm not following a God I can lead about. Yeah. Um, I can't tame this deity. Um, for all of you old Man, uh, Peter are, Furler newsboys. We're in some song references. That's today. right. Rich Mullins, Peter Furler, the newsboys, they're going to be in Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are going, aren't you? On the 5th. Youth group? October 5th. Yep. Nice. Good. Uh, kids will enjoy that. But anyway, so, so I think we, we talk about uh, the Holy Spirit as, um, and we want to share some, some truth about the Holy Spirit with you, mm-hmm. but I want to clarify for people, this is not meant to say that what we say is the only thing there is to know about the Holy Spirit, yeah. and that we are giving you the complete understanding of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and I don't even necessarily want to spend a ton of our time, Vince, talking about some debatable things. Mm-hmm. But, but there are things that we can and should know that will help us live a life that honors God um, and that will help us grow in Christian discipleship if we can understand um, who the Holy Spirit is yeah. and what he wants to do in and through our lives. Yeah. So my first question was going to, I was going to say the, the basic question or the simple question, then I realized we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So There is no basic, simple question. It's just the first question. <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. Who is the Holy Spirit? Yeah, and, and I think that's so hard because when we think of God, Mm-hmm. We typically think of God as God mm-hmm. and Jesus. Yep. And the reason we typically think Especially of him is, in, is in the white church. In I the would white say. church, yeah. Is we, we say God and Jesus. Jesus we get because we could, you know, I mean we can't see him and touch him, but mm-hmm. but because he was a physical historical figure. God because God is the creator and and, and the, the one mm-hmm. but but this, you know, we think of God as spirit. So what is the Holy Spirit? Because um, that's God. And so a lot of times the Holy Spirit, because we don't understand it, gets swept under the rug when we talk about God. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times what what people 
even if they want to talk about the Holy Spirit, what they start to think is the Holy Spirit is just God giving us a little bit of himself. Mm. So it's almost like God is, is taking a part of him, God the mm. Father taking a part of himself and giving you a little bit of his spirit to have. Mm. Um, but of course, that's a false understanding. Yeah. Uh, because the Holy Spirit, according to the word of God, is God himself mm-hmm. in spirit. Yeah. Um, so this is what we would say is the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. Yeah. The Trinity is God, one God in three distinct persons, and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is one of them. We would call the Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity. Yeah, and you got to be real careful. I mean, whenever you talk about the, the Holy Trinity, um, you're going to get in heresy real quick if you say too much, but you got to be real careful and not say parts. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, right, yeah. Uh, because... I, that's why you know the the egg analogy or the the three the family leaf, or the three leaf clover they they only get you so far yeah well they and you know what's nice about them is they give us a framework mm-hmm. but as as soon as we start to think oh well that explains it then we're wrong because right. because you're talking three distinct persons mm-hmm. of one distinct unified God. Now, here's the thing. If anybody says to you, hey, I can explain the Trinity to yep, you, yep. you um, probably should run the other way. Right, because <laughs> no, they can't, uh, because this is one of those grand mysteries of God. Here's mm-hmm. what we could say. We know that it's true, yeah. but we can't explain how it's true. Mm-hmm. And because God is so much bigger than we are, we will just accept it. It's the same way we do. It's the same way I, I do um, the idea that God is sovereign and in control of all things. Yeah, and he is going to have his way, mm-hmm. and mankind has free will. Yeah, on paper, those ideas should contradict one another. Yeah, but God is so far above me that the Bible says they're both true. I know they're both true. Mm-hmm. I just, in my silly small human brain, I can't quite explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of how the Trinity is. But the Holy Spirit is the the third person of the Trinity. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is. God. The Holy Spirit is not an it or uh, a, a what. It's, it's a he. Mm-hmm. It's a person. Yeah. So I think that's important for us to understand. Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, the, the, I kind of laugh. I mean, it, it's good. Um, the, the like super complicated like triangle uh, where you have the circle in the middle and it says God and then it has is to, to the Father, is to, um, the, Jesus and is to the Holy Spirit, and then uh, all three of those are connected with is not. Right. So, like the Holy Spirit is not the Son, the Son is not the Father, the Father yeah. is not the Holy Spirit, but they all they are God. right. It, it's it's a it's trying to graphically represent something that we can't understand. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate the efforts, and it's fun to have theological debates and understandings. But at some point in time, we say, "Hey, this is above my pay grade." Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit is God and is an individual and is yet part of the triune God. And the Holy Spirit um, is, is uh, the giver of gifts. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the, um, in a lot of ways, the Holy Spirit is the author of salvation. Mm. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the regenerator of hearts. Yeah. The Holy Spirit um, of God has an integral part to play in the lives of people and in the culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. And, and I, as far as that, that giver of gifts or the author of salvation, I think um, we would agree uh, that it, nobody comes uh, to faith, nobody comes to Jesus 
except going through the Holy Spirit or at the prompting of the Holy right, Spirit. Right, that's, that's what the Word of God tells us, right? The Word of God tells us this is why God's sovereignty and free will seemingly contradict, but the Word says no, both, both exist because the Word of God tells us that you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That is a free will decision to believe in my heart, confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I must do that for salvation, to trust him as Lord of my life for salvation. Yet the word of God also tells us that it's the Holy Spirit that draws us and that That, nobody can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws. Yeah, and you can't get to the Father except through Christ, and so they all... It, it all works together. Yes. Yeah, and, and this is, so this is why the Holy Spirit's so essential. You know, one of the things that we pray, and I don't know if it's right or wrong. I mean, I don't think it's wrong. It's just, it's, it's one of the things that we pray, is we often pray um, to God, and we pray either in spirit or in the actual words, in Jesus' name. Yep. Um, and and we, we often neglect the Holy Spirit in that. Yep. Um, but it's not wrong to pray to the Spirit either. Yeah. Um, as God, to, to ask the Holy Spirit to intervene in your heart, to ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Uh, it's one of the, the, one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to convict us in sin. Yeah. And so when I read scriptures, when I read Psalm that says, you know, search me, O God, mm-hmm. and, and show me if there's any wickedness in me. I, um, if I'm praying that scripture, what I'm doing mm-hmm. is I'm asking the Holy Spirit yeah. of God to prompt me to, mm-hmm. to move in me and bring my sinfulness to light so that I can confess mm-hmm. it and move on from it. And yeah. that's a, that is a work of the Spirit. Yeah, I, I think, um, I might be jumping the gun, we're kind of, I don't know, we're hitting a lot of different areas. But sure. um, I just remember, for me, a situation last week where um, something had come up, I prayed about it, and then the Spirit showed up and, and really prompted me to, to do something, uh, to, to ask for uh uh, somebody to come alongside me for accountability and, and just for some help because uh, I was navigating uh, forests that I have not been in yet, um, and that no part of my flesh wanted to do that. Even oh yeah, even when I had said, "Hey, can I talk to you for a minute?" I was like, "Man, is there a way out of this right now? Can <laughs> can I just just say I like your shoes and walk yeah, away?" Yeah, and, and so I mean, but the spirit pushed me into that situation that I needed to be in, yeah. um, and. I, I relented. <laughs> yeah. Which is how it works sometimes. Yeah. Well, and it's necessary. Um, so, so the Holy Spirit is a giver of gifts. You said that a while ago. Yeah. So what, say more words about that. What are yeah, the gifts? Yeah. Um, well, I think, I mean, oh, okay. Or even so, what are the fruits? Because we know yeah, the Spirit gives fruits. Yeah. So I think or, we, we, need to, we need to back up a little bit when yep. we say the Holy Spirit gives gifts. Uh, first of all, the Holy Spirit is actively involved in all things. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, if we go back and read Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit is actively involved in the act of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is actively involved in the church. And the first gift of the Holy Spirit um, is something that we would call regeneration of the heart. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is it's, um, the Word tells us, the Bible tells us that when we come to faith, genuine life-saving faith in the God of the universe through the reality of the life, death, and resurrection of um, God incarnate Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. When we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and all of those things, we enter into this mode of salvation, what uh, John 3 calls being born again. Yep. 
Okay, now being born again, as Nicodemus asked in John 3, he's like, how does that work, right? I, I'm a grown man. I can't crawl um, back I in I can't there. crawl back in my mother's womb and do it a second time. Um, and I don't know how big Ugh. Nicodemus was, but I'm a really big man, and that's just not going to happen. Um, it, it's, it's physically impossible. Yeah. So what's happening is, is Jesus says, hey, something that is physically impossible— Mm-hmm. is necessary for you to be part of the family of God. And what he's saying is, well, it's physically impossible. Mm. It spiritually happens. Mm. And so what happens is you are regenerated at the moment of belief and confession mm. and your, your decision to follow the Lord Jesus. And you become, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, mm-hmm. you become a new creation. Yeah. You are born again. Your old self is gone your new self has come in its place. Now, does that mean we're perfect? No, Mm-mm. because we still have an old nature, yeah. but we are born again of a spiritual nature. We are born in, not into a physical family, but born into the family of God. And that is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's mm-hmm. a supernatural. And when I say supernatural, most people start to check out and say, well, if it's not natural, then how do we know? Yeah. Well, this is a matter of faith. This is what mm-hmm. Scripture teaches. And we understand that things that are spiritual aren't false. Mm-hmm. They are just as real. They are just as serious. They are just as powerful. We just can't see them. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting when you cover some of those Scriptures about our bodies being a temple yeah. for the Holy Spirit. And then you realize that you know for the Israelites, the temple was the resting that's where god's spirit resided now Now we are the temple yeah and that's so it's boy you know maybe next time we need to talk about old covenant new covenant because we're going to get into some stuff (laughs) there that will really sidetrack us but that is how true is that that the understanding that as christians in this new covenant where we have jesus Mm -hmm. we don't have to take animal sacrifices and we don't have to go to the temple the physical temple where god's spirit resided because as christians because of that being born again Mm -hmm. we now are regenerate. We are born into the family of God, and God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. Yeah. Um, and so that's another thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is um, has plays this part in in the regeneration of souls and helping you to be born again. You cannot be born again without the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, that's why born again is a necessary statement. That's why I'm always going to be mad. Listen to me. I'm getting all worked up here. I'm getting ready to preach, and I'm sorry about that, Vince, (laughs) because you know this. But but this is why I get so mad at things like infant baptisms when we're confusing the language or with things like confirmation or first communions. I'm Mm -hmm. not mad at those things by themselves. But what happens is, by practice, we lead people to believe that by doing those things, Mm -hmm. they have become Christian. Yeah, And as far as the Holy Word of God tells us, there is only one way to become a Christian, mm-hmm. and that is through being born again. And being born again only comes through regeneration of the Holy Spirit. That only comes through the draw of the Holy Spirit that leads us to mm-hmm. believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and to follow him as Lord and Savior. Yeah. There's no other way that that works. Right. And so the Holy Spirit has to be directly responsible 
mm-hmm. and, and active in my coming to salvation and being yeah. born again. That's why we always will say you have to be born again. You have to have that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Regardless yeah. if you grew up in the church or not. Yeah, regardless of whether you grew up in the church or not, regardless of whether or not you made those professions of faith, regardless of whether or not you came forward one Sunday when we had an altar call. Yeah. None of the, I mean, those are all good. You could have responded to Billy Graham's altar call at a rally that he had, and you could have come forward, mm-hmm. but unless you are believing in your heart and confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you are turning your life over to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is, mm-hmm. is causing you to be born again, then it's all just things that we do yeah. physically yeah. that don't matter spiritually. Right. And so this is, the, this is the crux and the key, and the Holy Spirit is actively involved. So the first gift of the Holy Spirit is regeneration, yeah. is, is bringing you to this point where you're born again. But then as a regenerated person, the Holy Spirit lives in you, Okay, and there's another gift, and, and it, we wouldn't necessarily always refer to it as a gift, but it's the gift of conviction. Yeah. Where we talked about this, you said you, mm-hmm. you're talking to your buddy, it's the gift of conviction where the Holy Spirit will show us where our new life doesn't match up with our behavior. Because remember, yeah. we're born again into this new spiritual family, this life mm-hmm. where God is our Father and we are moving in this direction. And some of our old habits come with us and mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit will convict us and show us, hey, 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 that's not who you are anymore. It's kind of the, That's not the family you belong to. It's like the film study of your Christian life. I, right. I, I've been watching football recently and it's kind of the, you know, you, the Holy Spirit is, is kind of like that coach and it's, it's replaying those things that you've done in your life um, over the last week or the last day, and it's like, hey, 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 um, this isn't how I taught you how to right. do that. Yeah, yeah, and, and and so it's so critical, and we say, but, you know, that feels bad, but that is a gift of the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. God knows, hey, the way that you are going to have the most joy and the most value in your life, and you're going to be blessed for all of eternity, is to live a life this yeah. way. So the Holy Spirit, uh, because God loves us, and the Holy Spirit loves us and wants us to grow, will come alongside and point Mm -hmm. that out. Uh, And then there's the gift uh, of the Holy Spirit in that the Holy Spirit, uh, the Word tells us that the Holy Spirit will give us something called a spiritual gift. Mm. Yeah. Um, And the spiritual gifts are things that, that... Every Christian has a spiritual gift. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what Paul tells us in Corinthians. Every Christian has a spiritual gift that's been given, not for them, yeah. but for the edification of the church. Mm-hmm. And so what God does is, this is what drives me nuts about people that say, I can be a Christian that does everything that God wants me to do and not be a part of the church. And I will say, well, if you read your Bible, you'll find that that's unequivocally false. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's unequivocally false, well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them most clearly is because God has given you as a Christian a gift specifically to benefit the church. Yeah. And he expects you to use that giftedness to benefit the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's one of the ways that this works. God has given us, you know, if we ever sit back as leaders in the church and we're like, oh, we, we really, you know, we need this kind of skill or we need this kind of thing. And, and honestly, God has given us mm-hmm. everything we need to mm-hmm. glorify him and to do the work of ministry mm-hmm. here at Blessed Hope Church. That's yeah. his promise with spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. But they're not for you. So yeah. they're a gift that God is giving the church through mm. you. You're almost, if you view it rightly, you are the middleman. Yeah. I, I think of, when I think of the church, I think of family meal versus restaurant meal. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. You know, you go to the restaurant, you get served. You come to the family meal, um, you might be the, the, 
the grill guy. You might be the, the potato salad person. You may be the yeah. I clean up afterwards. And if you're not there, then the I mean the church God will use Whoever's God will make there. it happen, but um, the burgers might not taste as good as they right. uh, could so, have with you there. And, and everybody's role isn't going to be the same, right? right. Um, like, I, I'm, I am, when I have family Thanksgiving or family Christmas, I'm the potato masher. That's my role. Nice. And I make the potatoes mm-hmm. smell and taste delicious. Ask me how. How? A lot of extra butter. Oh, yeah. So the mm-hmm. years that I'm not there at potato mashing time, mm-hmm. they do it the right way. And they add like just one stick of butter and a little bit of milk and they don't smell as good and they don't taste as good. But when I do it, when yeah. I'm there to do the part that I play, the role that I play, mm-hmm. um, they are salted, they are peppered and they are buttered <laughs> and it is delicious. And skim milk. No, we're using the real stuff. You gotta have fat. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, that's, it's a silly example, but I, I love, I love the, the analogy that you throw out there is like, but you know what? I'm not making the turkey. Yeah. And people don't want me to make the turkey because <laughs> yep. that's not the way that that's not what I bring to the table. Right. Right. And, and it's the way it is in church is God wants to use you. And so this is one of my big pet peeves with things like um, prophecy or speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to get me necessarily to say that those aren't gifts that people have. Right. But the idea of asking for it or seeking it or desiring it, you know, Paul says desire the greater gifts, but the greater gifts are about service. Yeah. And so, um, and, and when, when we have some places where it's like, oh, well, uh, there are church services where I will pray for you to have the gift of speaking in tongues. Mm. You know what? You, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit gives the gift. Right. Um, if, 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 I, don't, I don't read anywhere where I need intercession. Like I am praying to the Holy Spirit to give me a gift that I can use for the edification of the church. And it's not to build myself up. Mm-hmm. It's to build the church up. And so yeah. gifts like um, teaching, counseling, mm-hmm. hospitality, oh, yeah, like administration, mm-hmm. uh, gifts like, and I don't think the gifts we have in scripture are exhaustive either. So gifts like soundboard, yeah. gifts like singing, mm-hmm. um, gifts like drumming, yep. um, or, um, or, or the patient nurture of little ones in the nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I think there are so many gifts that God gives um, that are meant to edify the church, and we tend to break it down into just a couple. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake that we make. Um, and, and I'm all about prophecy and yeah. teaching and evangelism, and I, I am all about those things. Yeah. But I think it's a mistake to assume that those are the only gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. I think God has made us talented, and the Holy Spirit gives gifts that will really grow the church. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a work of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Yeah, so I think we're going to go long today just because this is such a, a big and I think an important topic. Okay. But, uh, uh, so how do we hear from the Holy Spirit? I think that for a lot of people have gotten that question and you know, yeah. how do I hear from God and, and how do I hear from the Holy Spirit? That's one of those things where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I'm here. I want to hear from God. I want yeah. to hear from the Holy Spirit. Um, we you don't know always get the burning bush uh, yeah. of Moses. And, and I'd, say, I, I'd say sometimes you need to stop trying or waiting to hear. Mm. And I know that's going to sound a little heretical, uh, maybe, or sacrilegious, but I think one of the questions that drives me nuts 
Okay, and it's it's a it's a thing, and so we can argue about it later. Maybe if, if people are upset, <laughs> they can send me an email. We can talk. Yep. Um, Matt at blessedhope-vinton.org. <laughs> thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, one of the things, though, I think we need to stop ask. Okay, God, what's your will for me? What's your will for me? Because mm. we say, God, what's your will for me? And we just sit. Yeah. And we're like, I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting for the, the Holy Spirit to communicate. What's God's will for me? And I do nothing. Meanwhile, there's three doors in front of you that are right. all God. Just pick one. Yep. And you know what? So I think sometimes when we say, how do I hear from the Holy Spirit? Sometimes the way we hear from the Holy Spirit is we start moving. Yeah. And as we move, right, as we move, as we serve, as we minister, as we, as we take steps of faith, as we have hard conversations, as we do those things, mm-hmm. then it's, it's there that the Holy Spirit will prompt us and guide us. And I think a lot of ways, you know, I have never, I think I'm a pretty spiritual guy, right? I'm not like bragging or, or, or boasting or anything else, but, but I think I'm a fairly spiritual guy, but I have mm-hmm. never heard the audible voice of God. Yeah. But I have heard the prompting of the Holy Spirit in my life many times. Mm-hmm. And the prompting of the Holy Spirit is, is, is this, this undeniable urge or longing that matches Scripture mm-hmm. Right? It's not, it's not like, oh, well, I have an urge to go cheat on my wife, so therefore that's the Holy Spirit prompting. No, because that doesn't match Scripture. God will never contradict himself. Right. But if I've got this longing, blessed hope, mm-hmm. us coming to blessed hope, we had multiple churches that we looked at mm-hmm. um, and, and that we talked to and several that we almost went to. And I think I've told this story before, but there was a church in uh, Royal City, Washington, that we loved the people there. But as we prayed about it, we just felt this unease of their strategy and philosophy of ministry and some of those things. And it just felt like the Holy Spirit was very clearly communicating, not audibly, yeah. but very clearly communicating through our prayer and our Bible study mm-hmm. and our conversations with one another that that's not where I want you. Yeah. And then when it came time to consider Blessed Hope mm-hmm. through our prayer our study and our conversations with one another, it felt very clear that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. was saying, that's why I told you to wait. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you, you can't hear the voice uh, if you're not at the table. You know, if, yeah. if you're not praying, if you're not reading scripture, uh, I mean, God will break through if he, if he wants to, <laughs> but um, well, you need to be at the table. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's part of it. So there, there are a couple things in Scripture. So yeah, let me ask her one question before I get into my, yeah. my next thought. That's why we end up going long. Um, but, but I think, yes, I think to hear from the Holy Spirit, you need to be quiet. First of all, you need to shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you need to just be still. Yeah. Uh, you need to stop with the TV on. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you might even need to turn off the, the worship music. Yeah, I mean, some people can can concept, but sometimes it's you just need quiet. And for me, I think it's different for everybody. But for yeah. me, I journal, mm-hmm. I write in the journal, and I think that helps me discern what God's telling me, and 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 it just helps me in the dialogue with Him. Uh, yeah. But but I think ultimately too, I think the Holy Spirit will oftentimes use, and I want to be really careful about this. I think the Holy Spirit will use other people. Yep. To talk yeah. to me. Now, I'm always hyper skeptical of somebody that wants to come up to me randomly and say, hey, God wants me to tell you. Yeah. Um, and the times that I've had that happen, God wants me to tell you. It's mm-hmm. usually something that is so completely obvious that I'm like, um, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. um, are you sure God wanted me to tell you, you know, wanted you to tell me that? Or is that just good common sense? Like God wanted me to tell you, like, read the Bible. 
Like, yeah. okay, well, I think God wants to tell everybody to read the Bible. Or I've been told, hey, God wants me to tell you, and then they tell me something that's completely not true. Yeah. Um, and so it starts with, hey, hey, God wants me to tell you that you're feeling this way, but you don't have to. I'm like, well, that's weird. I wasn't feeling that way at all. Um, yeah. And I don't think those people are malicious. Right. I, I think what happens is they have a feeling mm-hmm. and they want to give you comfort and encouragement. And so they say, but they mistake feeling for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I, but I think there are times when God will use the Holy Spirit or, or when, I'm, see what I just did there? Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit is God. But there are times when through the power of the Holy Spirit, um, he will prompt people to talk to me. And usually that's a time of rebuke in my life. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's a time when I need to hear some hard truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so somebody will share hard truth with me. And I think that's one of the ways the Holy Spirit talks to me. Um, but I think you have to work and you have to spend time and you have to be intentional. And you also have to be careful not to push away. Yeah. I think we can, the Bible talks very clearly, Vince, about grieving the Holy Spirit yeah. or quenching the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think when it's one of those things where, um, you know, every sin is forgivable except that one. I mean, Jesus like, hey, this is not I mean, he he's I mean, he's it's not a good analogy, but he's protecting his homeboy. Like he like do not mess with, <laughs> with my, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's so. So I think but here, here's what happens. A lot of times we grieve the Holy Spirit because we sin and we won't confess mm. and we hide it. Or we grieve the Holy Spirit because we knowingly sin. Yeah. And we knowingly do things that we know are against God. It doesn't mean we're not Christian anymore, mm-hmm. but it means I am so stuck in a sin that to me it's worth it to go sin instead of follow mm-hmm. God. That will grieve the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will uh, maybe quiet down in my life. Not mm-hmm. because he can't overpower me, right. but because, hey, you want that? It's not good for you. Yeah. You have the freedom of will. Go taste it and see. And we just, like we're talking about in these sermons, that's how you end up in the distant country. Yeah. Um, it, it's some of the, you, know, you read some of the, the judges and you read some of the Old Testament where God's like, all right, you, you've made your choice. Oh, all right, do it. Um, and, and it's one of the scariest things for me in my life where sin is its own punishment. And it's one of the harshest punishments in my mind that God allows can, can, yeah uh, can give you yeah you know, yeah um, and, and to I, allow you to keep sinning mm-hmm. without you know some i mean that's scary yes and, and that's that's part of what it means in romans and other places where it talks about and finally god gave them over to their sin yeah. but i want to be clear about this if you're a regenerate christian and here's mm-hmm. another podcast thing we've talked about for a future date if you are in christ and you have been born again i'm not suggesting that in your sin and you're quenching the holy spirit that somehow your salvation is going to be taken away from you or that you're going to let it go right okay what i'm suggesting though is you are going to struggle with your relationship with God because you have grieved the Holy Spirit and because you've embraced sin and not him. Mm-hmm. And so one of the best ways, if you feel like, man, the Holy Spirit, I can't, I, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't feel God's presence. I don't feel the Holy Spirit. I don't know what's happening. One of the things that you need to do is confess. Yep. And confession does not bring your salvation back. 
mm-hmm. but it restores the joy of your salvation. Mm, yeah. And it, it, it doesn't fix your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is set legally. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are in Christ, you, he views you as perfect and spotless. Yeah. But what it does is the reality of your relationship isn't changed, mm-hmm. but the experience of it yeah. is changed. And we think about that as parents, right? When my kids are, well, I have this perfect Aubrey story. When Aubrey was in first grade, she faked being sick. I was the counselor. Classic. I was the counselor at the school. It was yep. at lunchtime. And she had been to the nurse a couple times. And I think everybody knew she wasn't sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you're in first grade. You know, they're not going to fight with you. They sent her to the office. I worked there. So they just called me in and they're like, hey, um, you know, Aubrey's sick. Take her home. I took her home. And she was out of sorts and you could tell something was wrong. Mm. Then she disappears and she comes back with a note. Mm. And she leaves it on, she folds it in half, she leaves it on the chair. I'm sitting on, I'm reading a book. And, and she's, because I can lay down in your room. And, and so she laid it on the chair and then she went back to her room and, and, and she, she said, don't, don't read it till I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I, read, I still have it. You know, she's a seventh grader now. I still have this thing from six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in first grade spelling, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I faked being sick. Mm. I didn't want to tell you in person. Mm. Um, but she was so out of sorts and she was so upset and everything was wrong and she was weepy and everything was bad. And then she wrote that note mm-hmm. and then we had a conversation. And then even though there were consequences and discipline because she faked being sick, yeah. the relationship was restored. Mm. And I never stopped being her dad and I never right. stopped loving her and she never stopped being my daughter. But it, to her, it felt like it. because she knew she had done wrong. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until she confessed it that the experience of our relationship Mm -hmm. was restored. And I think we do that to the Holy Spirit. And I I just, we we have to be careful about that. Yeah. So uh, last question, and I'm sure we could have so many different questions, but um, how has the Holy Spirit been misused by people? Oh, yeah. Or or the concept of the Holy Spirit been misused. Yeah. and and I I mean, the Holy Spirit cannot be driven. Yeah, to be misused. And I think, well, but but I I think that's the main answer. And maybe, you know, for sake of time, that's, we'll leave it at that for for now and and talk more later. But but I think that's the main way the Holy Spirit has been misused. Either either we've ignored him Mm -hmm. and just kind of left him alone, which is misuse of a different kind. Or we've tried to abuse him and use him as a power or um, a, a ploy or some kind of energy or thing that's yeah. going to make us powerful and it's gonna, that's going to make us a force to be reckoned with. And ultimately what we do is what we talked about with giftedness. We view the Holy Spirit as a means to an end to elevate mm. ourselves yeah. as opposed to a way to bless the church that God has put us yeah. in or bless the people that he's put in our lives. And that's a dangerous thing. So um, is there... Is there a resource that people could to tap um, into? Sure. The Bible is a good one. Yeah. Uh, but there's a great book, Forgotten God by Francis Chan, mm. that deals with the Holy Spirit. Um, and there are some others too. But, uh, but that one, I think, is, is the best that I've read because it doesn't get into some of the debatable doctrine that we like right. to fight about. But it just deals with, here's the reality of God mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit. And, and just, here's what we can know for sure, and here's what we need to know for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and we can debate other things, right. but this is what we have to know. Yeah, so uh, if you made it through to the end, I just want to say uh, thank you guys. I, this is a dense uh, thick topic and uh 
there's always more that could be said, I, I imagine. And yeah. so if you have more questions, just uh, let us know. And Yeah. Um, we've, we've gone 10 minutes over, and we've really only scratched the surface. So, yeah. so ask more, find out more. But, but this is a great topic to dig into because the Holy Spirit is real and active and is God himself. And if you are a believer, he lives in you and is there to guide and direct and have control of your life. Yeah, so thank you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you.